The Spanish Grand Prix did not disappoint, Rye Guy, in that it disappointed just as we expected that it would. Yeah, absolutely. Also, I think Pirelli should be given a good spanking for what they for what go- they strapped onto the cars this weekend. For going too soft or too hard. Yeah, we can get into it. I think that they found what can spice up a race and instead went right back to what has been going on with the tires. Yeah. So we'll get in all that and more. Join us. We will guarantee that this episode will be more exciting than anything that happens at that track. Circuit de Barcelona, Catalunya. This is Purple Sector. I'm with Rye Guy on the mics. Rye Guy, how you doing? I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm bitter that we have to head into the two-week break right on the heels of the Spanish Grand Prix. That's what I was going to say, that too. That was a terrible idea. It would be nice if we had one more race this weekend. We could quickly cleanse the palate, yes. wash the mouth out with something yes. else. Now we have to just sit here with... Uh, the result of the Spanish Grand Prix. This track is the worst track. We need to get a petition started to get it removed from the Formula One calendar. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think every circuit needs to take a good, hard, long, hard look at... I mean, I know we're at the end of this development window for the current generation of F1 cars, but they've evolved so quickly and so well with all the grip and the downforce and everything they have that they're just taking all these corners flat out at all these tracks now. Yeah. You know, that that originally wasn't the expectation or the case, so that's (laughs) what got us to where we are with a lot of these tracks. But even before that was the case, these a lot of these tracks were even still impossible to pass on, you know, or give us any sort of battling on track. Yeah, and I don't know what it is about Catalonia, but it's, I mean, it, it looks narrow. The layout doesn't really allow for much overtaking, any overtaking, really. I mean, your only hope is what? On the outside in that one turn and then down the straight with DRS? It's, it's just a terrible place to race. Yeah, they tried. At least they've been doing a lot of this at multiple tracks this year, replacing tarmac runoff with gravel, extending curbs and sausage curbs to try to cut back on you know, cars exceeding track limits. Well, but even, even if they do more of that here, it, the guys, even with some of the paved runoff here at Catalonia, you, you notice how conservative all the guys drive on this track? There's just no opportunities to pass. Right. They're it's, not not, even, it's not wide, and yeah. They're not even going for windows that aren't there like they do at other tracks. You see some boneheaded moves, but you don't see that here. It's just not possible. Yeah, there would be times of guys kind of running – trying to pass on the outside of some sweeping turn, just running next to each other, but, you know, nothing comes of it. Yes. There, there really wasn't a lot of bad. There was virtually no battling. It, I felt, think, it felt like Barcelona summer testing is what it felt like. Yeah, because guys, there were pockets where guys were on each other's butts, but 
there was nothing they could do about it. They're just running close, but then you're going to have to back off because you're going to be in the hot, dirty air, right? Yeah. The the red lights and the first lap of this race are really the only one you need to watch. Yeah. So, Raga, as we mentioned, we had a very exciting race with <laughs> the Pirellis ripping to pieces in the 70th Grand Prix, 70th anniversary Grand Prix the weekend before the Spanish Grand Prix. Yep. And then Pirelli went back to the old method of tires where shame on them are softs really soft when you can run them for 30 plus laps yeah they just like how is that a soft tire well they just they need to move the spectrum to the right or to the left which way is soft on their little graph left i think i mean they line them up left to right when they do that the photo op before the race okay yeah so they need to move the spectrum to the left and so it's softer I, we need two and three stop races. When you can run softs for 40 laps, it's a joke. I know. I agree. Vettel was out there like 30 laps deep on his softs. And they're like, can you just take these to the end? And it's like, I all mean, right, I'll find a way. I wonder if Pirelli did so, though, because they just don't want the PR of like tires exploding. That's the thing. It's That's why other companies don't get into Formula One, because it's bad optics, right? Like Michelin took some shot. Yeah, right? but then, where they were like, but whoever we wins, design our our tires to last. I know, but it, that's that's a stupid way to approach it because every every guy who wins the race wins it on your tires, you know. Right. No, it's it was just a PR chance because they knew that the new tire rakes were deep in the tire weeds right now. But the new tire rakes were set up that Pirelli was really the only one that could compete it. Of course, but yeah. the, people will love Pirelli if they go soft and make the races more interesting. I think people are smart enough, hopefully, to realize that race tires failing is very different from strapping a set onto your Volvo. Right. (laughs) But I'm just saying, like, this was the time to fucking do it. It was hot in Barcelona. It's a boring, boring track. Just go soft. You have some chaos. You cause more pit stops. It's just interesting. They went right. They did the one race where they cranked up the PSI. They got scared. And, yeah, then they went right back to... One stoppers. Conservative. On an impossible to tra- to pass track. Yeah. So, Ryan, the biggest news, I know you spotted this last week, I think, when they first got to Barcelona. <laughs> Rumors were swirling on the interweb. Speaking of swirling, as in flushing toilets, right, guy, we love our poop talk here on Poople Sector. There was there were rumors of Lewis Hamilton's dog took a big steaming dump right in front of Valtteri Bottas's uh, motorhome. Yeah, I believe it. That, that's some next level uh, psychological warfare, and it clearly worked again. Yeah, Lewis poops on Bottas on the track, and Roscoe poops on Bottas off the track. Yeah, just Bottas covered in shit, <laughs> off on and off the track. It's funny, Ryan. He's such a broken man at this point, you know? He's a beaten man. His, his body language, everything. He's beat ass. He's a beaten man. It's funny, Ryan. There was Everyone always talks about the warfare that should be played, the tactics that you should be playing around the motorhomes. You have, which dog? Roscoe is his bulldog he still has? Yeah, I believe Coco is the one that passed away. R.I.P. Coco. While Roscoe, <laughs> you know, pours some out in your honor, dropped the steamer in front of Valtteri Bottas's uh, motorhome. <laughs> but then in the pre-race coverage, Ryan, you heard where Nico Rosberg was like, yeah, Bottas should be finding every edge he can. He should get a grill and just start grilling meat 
right in front of <laughs> in front of Lewis <laughs> Hamilton's uh, motorhome. That's funny. That's back to back races with vegetarian vegan uh, stuff being brought up. Where yeah. we talked about Brundle saying before, "Oh, look, everyone's fresh meat for Hamilton with those new tires." And then Crofty said he's vegan. Right, and then you had uh, Rosberg joking about grilling up, uh, having a little barbecue in front of Hamilton's motorhome. Yeah. So, what did you think of uh, having Rosberg in the paddock this weekend? His analysis was pretty amazing, but uh, Rosberg—he's a pompous dude, though. Yeah, he comes off kind of—he just seems cocky and like kind of a dick. Yeah, but, he makes a lot of jabs. At but the it's other. still entertaining because I'd rather have that than some robotic cliche spitter. Oh, it's know? definitely interesting. But and he does give great analysis of what drivers are thinking, what teams are thinking, right? Because you always hear Brundle and... Yeah, but, um, but, but Brundle has never driven these cars. Right, Brundle knows old Formula One. Rosberg has a more intimate knowledge of the intricacies of these tracks, yeah. what and why teams and drivers might be doing certain things, yeah. right? What to sort of observe yeah, and look for. Yeah, he was in the, in the title-winning car like four years ago. Yeah, he has that Mercedes knowledge, you know. So I think he definitely is a great addition. He always is very well-dressed, and I appreciate that he lets that chest fly. <laughs> he, he only buttons about half the buttons on his shirt. He's, he's obsessed with his, with his hair, his quaff, man. It hasn't changed in like... 12 years. Great hair. He does the slicky boy, slick back yeah, now. Yeah, he's looking good, man. He did look, in one of the shots I saw, though, at, I think it was after the race, you know, they had a three shot of all three presenters in the paddock. Nico looked horrifically sunburned. He looked like a tomato. Yeah, I mean, it was hot out there, brother. <laughs> I mean, we saw a bunch yeah. of pictures of the guys working those dry ice fans, you know. It's a great look. Yeah. I love the still shot when you see the guy in the cockpit of the car with just that massive smoke from the dry ice all over him yep that's got to feel good we're going to basically have a lot of fun stuff to talk about that didn't happen on track and we'll touch on what did happen during the race but yeah the nico rosberg he was the most entertaining thing from the race weekend for me just listening to him and trying to analyze like what what is he thinking there because like we said he's just kind of he seems like he's trying to be playful but it just comes off as him kind of being a dick he's just Kind of pompous, and, yeah. and he throws a lot of jabs. I've noticed he'll throw like a lot. He'll sling a lot of mud on the broadcast, like jokingly. Right. But he cannot take it. He's trying to like sort of play fight, but it comes off as more like he's actually being a dick, not like yeah. Oh, I'm, this is tongue in cheek. I'm just funning with you. He's one of those guys though who who can he crack wants to jokes, be one of the boys, but he can't be. Oh, you know, he won't he be able to take it. He can't be made fun of. The other great, great thing to see, Ron, I did love Carlos Sainz's helmet. We posted it to our Instagram at Purple Sector Pod Very cool. earlier in the race weekend. Great looking helmet. Had the matte black, had the shiny gloss, uh, Spanish flag colors, a little hashtag for the COVID-19 survivors uh, and frontline workers. So great helmet from Sainz. And I was actually impressed. I mean, the weight of the world is on your shoulders when you're going to Ferrari and you're in your home race, but he showed out for what that car was this weekend. I thought he maximized it, squeezed every drop out of it. Yeah, he raced from 7th to 6th. He outperformed his teammate. Lando went backwards, two spots. Uh, the biggest thing for me, biggest takeaway from this boring-ass race weekend is Albon. We've talked about this before, and we said there's no way they get back into a revolving door of drivers for that second seat up at Red Bull. But you know what? It's starting to look like it could be possible. I think... If Albon doesn't start putting together qualifying, because Horner made the comment where he said, yeah, he's 
he's doing a great job on Sundays, but we need him to start doing better on Saturdays because... Well, he qualified six this time and went backwards in the race. Right. And the problem is when he's having to make up all the space in the race, there's so much that can go wrong and we don't need... you don't If you're in the second best team, you don't need to be trying to scrape up the field to have a respectable finish every race. He should be qualifying much better in that car. So either something isn't agreeing with him in the setup. The only, we don't know all those intricacies. But. but the only thing that is working in his favor is that Red Bull has nothing to win this year. They can't get second in the constructor, or third in the constructors. They're going to beat Ferrari, obviously. They're not going to beat Dude, Mercedes. look at the current numbers. I'm Racing saying, point is third, even with the penalty of 15 points. Ferrari is fifth in the constructor standings right now. You know what I'm saying, though? Like, it doesn't... There's not, They're not chasing anything. They're going to cakewalk... The same way Mercedes is cakewalking to first in... They're going to win the driver's title with Hamilton. They're going to win the constructors going away. Red Bull is the same way. Hamilton, Verstappen is fighting for second in the drivers. Yeah, that's all, that's all they're chasing really is. Otherwise, they're on an island in the Constructors' Championship in second place. But they they're also trying to find their true B driver at Red Bull. So they're hoping it's Albon, but he's, he hasn't been showing out to lock in that seat going forward. I know, but why risk opening that door again to bring, you know, Kvyat or Gasly up again or they someone can't. or they someone can't. else. And then all you all you do I, in my opinion is you run the risk of bringing Racing Point into the second place discussion in the in Constructors Championship. They can't make that change again cuz it's a bad look to be one of the big 3, which is now just a big 2 of teams in Formula 1. You can't have no. your second seat with Max being some joke, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't matter who you put up there. Max is going to pummel them. No matter uh, of what, course, Max of course. is 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 on another level right now. Think about that. He has he's, no insulation from a teammate. He's beating yeah. Botas. In a, he's beating him like a drum. Yes. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And Botas is in an he's, all-time car. Is this? I mean, remind me what happened on the opening lap last race. Was it same thing? First stop and got Botas. Botas was on pole in the last race wasn't he or he or won the last race didn't he no for stopping did the 70th anniversary was for stop and win oh that's the tire issues correct okay i was thinking of the other one yeah um the british they're all blending together I know, man. <laughs> at the end of the year ryan this is going to be like a smoothie season it's going to feel like we threw all these races in the blender yeah. and just jammed them in our brains yeah, I'm, I'm still having fun, man. I like the, and the hot and heavy races. It's all triple headers, too, so it's really hard to remember the sequence of events. And we've been all over watching them all live, all the sessions live, or at least re-watching practice before the race weekend, the qualifying and, and races, and doing our hashtag Formula Brunch. That's been the silver lining you know, of, of yep. the zaniness going on in the world right now. We at least are able to focus more on the Formula One races that are <laughs> almost every weekend now. Yeah, and they seem to be running, running one of the tighter ships of all major sports mm-hmm. as far as their COVID proto- protocol. By the way, just floating this rumor out there, we can leave it simmering, and if there's any more news, we'll get into it on a future pod. But did you see that there's now talk of Turkey and somewhere else being jammed onto this season's calendar as well? Yeah, I well, can't remember the I, I uh, saw second today, one. I saw today that I saw a, a rumor about they're going to round out the calendar to 17 races total, I believe. Two Bahrains and one... Abu Dhabi to finish, yeah. No, but what's the one you said? Turkey they talked Turkey, about. Turkey, yeah. Istanbul, two Bahrain races and Abu Dhabi, I guess. Yeah, I saw Turkey and some other one. I can't remember what now, what the headline was, but 
It's going to be funny. We're, we might end up with like 20 races at the end of this Good. crazy season. It went from I just maybe don't, no races to eight to, what, 13 now officially? I think so, but I just don't know what's going to happen with some of these locations weather-wise. They're just not used to racing this time of year, this late in the year. All it can do is hopefully give us better racing as long as all the other the tires I mean, and things start to behave. We talked about this before, but what if it's cold and rainy at Nurburgring? Like, that what would if just there's be awesome? What if they? What if Pirelli literally doesn't have a compound that they can get up the temp? I joked about before, but throw the the winter chains, throw the all weather chains on them. I mean, Pirelli has to start making an alternate compound. I think in case that's ha- that happens, it's possible that it could be so cold. That, that they, they don't have, get any heat into these things. They need to have one like ready. They're, they're skating out there. Yeah, that would be insane. So let's get back to practice, Ragai. The other notable stuff, we just have some stuff we found interesting that we wanted to touch on. So Nissani, he was out there in the Williams. Yes. So Nissani is an Israeli driver who was getting uh, some seat time in the first free practice for Williams. And this was the first time I had seen it and some of the other drivers on track, Raga. I think Sergio Perez was behind Nassani in the Williams at some point. If you're a new driver or a rookie or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. a young driver, basically, the lights on the back of the car that flash during inclement weather and stuff. <laughs> so on the rear wings, left and right, it was flashing green. And then the light in the middle of the back where like a trailer hitch might go on a regular car. That's flashing red the entire time that this guy is out there. Right. The the driver, the what's it called? I thought student it was driver green. on board. Yeah, student driver, exactly. The ones on the wing, I think, were flashing green and the no, no, one wing wing was red, rear light was green. Oh, so it was the yeah. other way around. But yeah. either way, it was some combination of flashing green or all green or green and red. Yeah. And Perez was behind him at some point and he said to, he radioed to his guy, said that Williams is uh flashing. Something might be blinking. wrong with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they were like, uh, Sergio, that's actually uh, the, the, new, the new young driver, driver. Yeah. new driver alert. And so Sergio quickly just scooped around him, you yeah. know, get out of the way of the student driver. It's basically like a please pass me light. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, go, was, go around. Yeah, it's interesting <laughs> that the, the green horns have the flashing green lights out there in practice. Yeah. So the other happening, Ryan, in the first free practice, there's a lot of action. Valtteri Bottas demolished a bird. He did. He, he creamed the bird. I don't think they have a clean camera angle of him actually hitting it. But we just saw the feathers afterward. Yeah, just a million feathers fluttering down in the wind. Mm-hmm. Bow toss, bird toss. Yeah, he was out there hunting wabbits and, and birds. So there was also some foreshadowing. <laughs> That's the only time Botas has a killer instinct. <laughs> yeah, he had a killer instinct in free practice one when that gull was in front of him. Man. So Lando Norris foreshadowed it, Ryan. He said the hards are poop. He was just saying the hards are shit. Yeah, that's that's such a bad sign. The way it should be, I feel like is that's been the story all year though. There's always except one except the seventieth anniversary Grand well, Prix. There's, just, there's yeah. always one compound out of the three that Pirelli brings that none of the teams want to touch. Right. On race because day. of temperatures or the track layout. Like the hards just they couldn't, I think, probably get enough heat into them to make Uh, them last and they were just losing too much time whatever it was but Norris foreshadowed that the hards were going to be poop and uh, that was like you said it's always the question what's the black sheep of the tires it was the hards this race weekend (laughs) Uh, I did like Rosberg's take also because the sky guys during one of the practice sessions Ryan were 
asking Rosberg, hey, do you think they love the hindsight is 2020 questions? Do you think Sainz is regretting his move to Ferrari and McLaren might be the yeah. team of the future? And Nico quickly and Rosberg, shot that down. Oh, immediately he just says, no, you have a chance to go race at Ferrari. You take it. Yeah, he's like... Yeah, yeah this is the icon. You even, go down in history. Yeah. That Everyone remembers Ferrari that, drivers. That opportunity doesn't come right. you know, several times in your career. You get that chance. It's... That w- yeah, exactly. That window doesn't stay open. That thing slams shut. So if they give you a crack yeah. and you smell that hot pie cooling on the Ferrari windowsill. You know what's funny, now that you mention it, is like Kimmy is the only driver I can think of where Ferrari actually went back to the well. Otherwise, like Alonzo, he had his chance. Vettel's going to be leaving soon. They're always looking for the next hot chick, so you better take that <laughs> chance. Next hot chick, yeah. When you're the hot chick, you I better guess, go to Ferrari. I guess Carlos Sainz is the new hot chick. Yeah. By the way, the um, I saw I meant to bring this up on the last episode. So apparently, the venom for Vettel is expanding into into the Tifosi because people have been posting pictures of like grocery stores and office buildings in Italy that have signs up on the windows that say like Vettel out. You know. I think it's unfair. We can get into it more about the race. It's a mutiny. Ferrari is just a mess internally. I don't blame. They're just so inept right now. We'll get I, into the specifics. It has but, nothing to do with Vettel. Yeah. They're, they're, Vettel is not the issue. Far from it. So, Ryan, the other happening in FP3, Ocon had a massive shunt or yes, wreck. Did. Was that when he was avoiding Magnuson, basically? Yeah. Yeah. Because I've, I've heard they're going to look... Was it, was it Magnuson? Look, he turned... Magnuson was kind of lollygagging around track, and Ocon came flying through and had to avoid him and then wrecked the hell out of his Renault. Yeah. This was a weekend to forget for the Renault. Uh, yeah, I have to check. This they underperform big. I mean, based on the pace they've been showing in in uh, Silverstone, this was awful. They both finished out of the points. Yeah, but this is uh, Silverstone's a better track for them though, and their power plant. Right. I'm just saying, Renault. But you're right. Was poop this weekend. Ricardo finished 11th, and Ocon finished 13th. So Ryan, not many notes on qualifying. It kind of went to the script, except our boy Kimi Raikkonen actually made it out of Q1. Yeah. He actually made it into Q2. How dire, though, are the Romeos? It's bad, but at least it gives us some good Kimi Raikkonen radio. He was hot under the collar during the race on the radio. Yeah, I, I actually couldn't tell you right now which, I mean, this past race, the Romeos were not the slowest, but man, it is a three-way battle for a slowest car to say definitively which one is slowest. Laquifi La- and La- 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 the I mean... No, because Grosjean finished dead last. Yeah, the Haas, I mean, the Haas was its own thing. It's what we've come to expect. They showed some promise in practice pace, and then just, again, nothing there in qualifying. By the way, there's so many slow puns at the back of the grade. We have Alpha Slomeo, Roman Slojan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, there, By the way, he is a joke. He Grosjean. did it, his dangerous blocking He's again. doing it again, yeah. Dude, what a fucking psycho. How does he sleep at night as the head of the GPDA? The I'm Grand telling Prix you, Drivers it's because he's got a hot, successful wife to fall back on career-wise. Yeah, he knows. He can, he's can. he got his sugar mama. He can just go make his, his uh, Tyrrell models back at home. Exactly. I, that's what I picture the, the Grosjean household like. He gets home from a race weekend, 
and it's just his wife nagging him to be productive and clean the house and get things done. I mean, the dude's out there posting. We reposted it on the gram. He's sack tapping his engineers. He's he's just having the time of his life. He's a like fucking. It, he's a menace to the paddock. Right. You would is. think he was like in the title fight. Like he was mathematically in the title fight. The way he kind of how cool he is out there. Cool under it's, pressure. It's just carefree living when you're dead last. I guess. That's why I love Grosjean. At why least do you we love have, Grosjean? He's because he entertains me. The fact that the guy is. He's had one foot out of F1 for like five years and somehow hasn't been got, gotten the boot yet. He's head of the Grand Prix Drivers Association, and he's so cocksure about himself. He really is. It, that's, it's, the, that's what it, it's more baffling. I'm entertained by how baffling it is. It is baffling. I just, yeah, the other guy I gives me great quotes. I would love to know the real reason why Haas keeps signing him every year. Some of our episodes would be half as long if we didn't have Roman Grosjean out there. Think about it. How much well, that's fodder true, he gives us? That's true, but like right now, we haven't even touched on the race yet, and just Grosjean alone has been giving us epic entertainment here. Because he's just he's just a laughing stock this yeah. year. So the other happenings in qualifying, Ryan, the shock—not shock, but the sort of the ones that are always on the fringe of getting into the Q3, the last qualifying session. Vettel, Vettel did not. And neither Renault did, which I was expecting at least Ricardo or Ocon to show out. Ocon, not so much after a wreck. It's always tough to get back out there and have your car be dialed in. The circuit's just not good for the Renaults. I don't think it's any fault of yeah. either of them. And then as we as we all know, Hamilton gets pole position. So this race marked him being, him locking up the top sh- top step on a lot of records, right? I think now he has the most pole positions, the most podiums, the most... All kinds of most. I'll tell, I'll tell you right got. now, most likely all those records are going to fall this season, and I hope they never get broken. Because I don't see how they will. Because well, they're not going to let a certain formula age run as long as this one has, and you won't see a domination. You don't want Mercedes to see has. these records fall yeah. ever. That would mean a, no, a longer period of domination by another team. Yeah. You know, this has been the worst six, seven years for F1 fans that are you know neutral fans. You know, if you're a Hamilton fan, great. You you could set your watch to his success every race. But, I mean, for anybody else, this is the worst period of F1 as far as competitiveness. That's the sad thing. I think the timing was great, but for this COVID jacking up everything. The timing that they were going to be switching over next year to this new era. Oh, extending it another year just plays right into Hamilton's hands. Because, Ryan, we know, and I'm sure other people out there have friends who've sort of caught an interest in Formula One because of Drive to Survive, but then they watch a race and they're like, oh, so this is just the Mercedes dominate everything? Yeah, they'll text me like, does Hamilton win like yeah. every time? And you, like you're I've basically had friends like, who watch a few races and they're like, oh, so basically the Mercedes are going to qualify one, two, and it's one of them that's going to win it, most likely Hamilton. And you have to like bite your lip and you're like, uh, yeah, that's, that is how it goes. So that's the, the thing where they're going to maybe miss the opportunity to really grab the interest of some sort of new fans or casual fans because now we're pushing back these new regs. So it's going to be another year of Hamilton Mercedes domination unless Toto departs before next year and we see a complete shake Even if he does, it'd be hard for them to fuck it up. Yeah, you would have to be a real dummy to screw it up, right? <laughs> yeah, and another thing is none of the other teams are going to pour a lot of resources into that extra year they just extended. Yeah. Because it's not worth it. You're not going to catch Mercedes. Exactly. They're going to just start focusing, save money, get yeah. ready for the new regulations. I hope they. Ro- I hope every other team rolls out a fucking tractor next year. <laughs> 
were just copies of the Super Sadies. What that if they all just tried to do their own copy? The Racing Point copy? Yeah, yeah. that would be pretty funny. And Ryan, as we mentioned, the Ferrari, it's uh, such a sp- sad state of affairs. Leclerc qualifies ninth. Vettel qualifies 11th, right? You, did you ever hear the full story about Leclerc's retirement? What? So he couldn't get the car started again when I'm, he spun, right? If I was interpreting the articles that I was reading correctly, he had that power down mid, mid-corner, which locked up his rears, right? So he spun off the track. And then I guess he unbuckled because he didn't think he was going to be able to get it back on. Then he did get it back on, or the or the pit wall helped him get it restarted. So he had to go in to get buckled back he in. He drove back. No, it ultimately it said something electrical. It was why he DNF'd, but he he fucking drove back to the pits without a seatbelt on, dude. Yeah, that should be a massive fine, shouldn't it? Ferrari or a points penalty. Ferrari That's, loves racking up fines. Ferrari loves not doing anything well. Yeah, let's get into the race, Ryan. Let's grit up. Hang on. Ferrari, if they didn't have the massive budget that they have, what team would they more look like? Because they would be low on resources and full of mistakes. They'd look like Haas or Alfa Romeo or or Williams. Well, those are their customers, (laughs) Haas and Alfa Romeo. Right, but I'm just saying, that's what they would look like if they didn't have all these resources. Ryan, they're battling Alfa Tauri on track right now. I know. They're battling a sister team, you know? They're well, battling B squad. To be fair, for Red Bull. Le- to be fair, Leclerc was probably going to finish top four, top five, before that issue. But that's just because he's driving like a man possessed in that dumpster fire of a whole organization. Right, but he's just he's better in the car than Vettel. You're yes. right; it's still dire straits. But yeah. So Ryan, let's specifically kind of break down some of the happenings. I I ended up betting a few things before this race. Um, <laughs> I couldn't believe I, what I perceived as value because we know in Spain it's most likely qualifying. It's is, like Monaco. It's like a dog show. You know when the the judge in a dog show says, all right, this dog, and has him parade around before he says the f- final order. Right. But usually he just has them do their victory lap and he goes, and that's the order. One. The shepherd won. The, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. like that's what Spain is. Yep. They do qualifying and it's basically like, and that's the order. For the most part, right? Right. Like, however you qualify is how it's going to be. So Hamilton was, I think before the race, maybe like minus 160 to win before qualifying. Right. Then he qualifies on pole at a track where track position is huge, and yes. it was minus 200 before the race. So I had to bet Hamilton to win the race, even at minus 200. He flies away from everyone at the start, gets a great a start. Botas, poopy start. Vintage stuff. He's under fire. Both the pink Mercedes, both racing points are on his ass. Lance Stroll dives down the inside on the first <laughs> turn on him. Verstappen's up there making moves. Like, yeah. It's unbelievable to just watch Hamilton cruise off into the sunset. We never heard from him again. Yeah. He just parades to the, a dominant victory. And his teammate in the same car, meanwhile, is just kicking his elbows out and is getting he's, eaten alive. He's getting sucked into the black hole. Yeah, it was like vultures picking a carcass <laughs> at the beginning of that he, race. He's just so not clutch. It's unbelievable, know? yeah. That's the only way I can explain it, because by all accounts, he's a great driver, Yeah, Botas, yeah. but he's just so not clutch. The interesting topic that Sky has been, been getting into recently and talking even deeper about in this race, Ryan, that I think will come up more this season and be a talking point the coaching on the radio 
we all, everyone says we want to get back to more driver inputs being what matters. Drivers having to right. figure things out themselves, suffer from their own mistakes. We were joking about, you know, have the radios be where you only get service. Maybe in the pits is the only time that you can get feedback back and or, forth. Or down or the start finish Maybe on the straight. start finish straight where the board would be your only information think, back in the day. I think that idea is fucking brilliant. Yeah, because now it's getting to the point, Ryan, they're telling, they were telling Botas how much he's losing in every corner on every lap and like how the wind is fixing, you know, adjusting and, and changing things, how, what the tire temp is constantly. Yeah. Like they're basically turning into it's esports. These engineers are just looking at data and basically just giving direct feedback. All right. You, you lost this much in that turn. So you better take, heat the tires up here and get them to, you're at a good temp. So now to attack this corner more, the coaching is reaching unbelievable levels where the drivers are puppets now. Yeah, I mean, I, I exactly. Those those cars might as well be two-seaters. They it, might as well be rally. It's RC cars. The engineers are just I know, like, but so working the, the stick. You bring up a good point, though, okay? So, like, what would be ideal? Because they, they go through all this stuff. They go over every single corner, what the break-by, all that stuff in pra- and all the practice sessions. That's where they figure it out. Right. So leave and it, then so the leave driver needs to figure out, ooh, so leave it there, I got a little tailwind, or ooh, my tires weren't hot enough but there. That's what right? I'm saying. If you yeah. do all that recon during practice, which they do, then leave it to the driver to remember all that shit. Don't let the coaching continue into the race. Or maybe you break it up where you say you get every 10 laps, you can talk to them for a lap or for 30 seconds or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. You Just think about how fucking great it would be if they could only get radio on the start, finish straight, in the DRS window. Yeah, get rid of DRS and have those zones only be radio. Well, no, you, you, keep, you I mean? keep the like, DRS, but the instant they go over that line, they don't have to have DRS to get radio, obviously. I'm just saying, in that yeah, stretch. You can only get radio if you're within a second. That would be it. really funny. <laughs> but yeah, only on that stretch can they get the radio or when they're in the pits, right? Yeah. I think that would be awesome, especially because who knows how long that window is in the, in the, in the DRS stretch. I'm, I'm assuming it's like six seconds. Mm-hmm. So the driver might not even have a chance to talk. The instant he crosses that line, the engineer is just going to be throwing information at him, you know? Mm-hmm. Just like the old-fashioned way of the pit board. Right. I think that's a fucking genius idea. They still use the pit boards. They obviously have value, right? Do they use them during the race, though? I don't know if they do. You think they only they only do it at the end? They use it for, like, gaps, just to quickly convey that information, you know, of how far guys are behind you. Yeah, but they do that on the radio as well. Oh, they do everything on the radio, too, yeah. I just would like to see the drivers more on an island. Yeah. I mean, just think about the drama, okay? If a guy go- goes into turn one and he starts having some issue with his car and he has to schlep it all the way back, he can't talk to the pit wall until he gets all the way back to, you know, DRS or takes the pit. Yeah. Ryan, here are the highlights that I have from the race. Raikkonen had a little raciness in him. As we mentioned, he got out of Q1. He did. It was exciting. And then... Ocon and Albon, you know, Albon was the first one in the pits and he ended up then back with Raikkonen and they were actually, Raikkonen was getting his elbows out trying to compete a little bit. And uh, the other thing I thought was interesting, how about Mercedes with the sloppy double stack on the 24th lap or so? Was it that sloppy? I mean, Hamilton's was kind of sloppy. I mean, they lost some time. So yeah, that's the thing. The bar is so high for Mercedes if they lose any amount of time, it's considered a, you know, egg on their face. So I know everything's such a formality for them at this point. And yeah, Ryan, the uh, for stopping 
Did you hear when Verstappen was kind of arguing with the engineer? I did love when the engineer goes, just keep your head down, Max, please. <laughs> you heard that? Like, Verstappen was again trying. I did I like he what he was getting... saying, though. He's like, can you guys stop for one second focusing on the Mercedes and focus on what we want to do? Right, right. And they said, just keep your head down, Max, please. He has a point, though. No, I agree. At some point, just run the best race you guys can, constantly saying, eh, this is where they're lapping, this is the time diff. Yeah, like, you can't be so reactionary in regards to another team. Sometimes you just have to find your own pace over yeah. the course of the race. The other highlight, Ryan, Botas, we know it was super hot, and we were joking about this before the season, right, that Mercedes go into the all-black car and the black race suits yep. and them having issues in the heat the year before and obviously already this year. <laughs> When Botas gets on and he's like, man, these black overalls are so fucking hot. <laughs> he yeah. was baking. He was also feeling the heat from all the other cars that were sucking his tailpipe at the beginning of the Unbelievable. race. Meanwhile, Hamilton, a lot of his quotes were just, you know, highlighting how bored he was. Yeah. He said, man, I was in a daze out there. Yeah. He was like, man, that was, I was in a zone. I, I want to be like Hamilton. I it's think her- his brain was scrambling from the heat in yeah. the black race suit and it was just, you know. Walk through, walk in the park for him. Yeah, I mean it's already bad enough for the fans. He doesn't need to pile gasoline on the fu- pour gasoline on the fire. So, Raga, the other thing you can set your watch to this. We've talked about in the last handful of races. Leclerc and Norris always find some time to go wheel to wheel. They they do. <laughs> they really do. They were one of the few actual wheel to wheel battles that we saw in this race. Yep. And then it was sad, Ryan. A few few laps later was when Leclerc had that engine issue, which led to his spin and retirement shortly thereafter yep and then you had vettel near the end of the race where it was just a disaster he was begging for a strategy right because he was looking like he was having a shot he wanted to go some decent points yeah and he said guys what do you want me to do here am i stretching this like what what's the plan Well, he got pissed because he had said i think i can go long Right, he, he and then planted the seed and they, waited for some response. Well, they said, don't do it, so then he pushed. And then he starts and then pushing. They, and then they say, hey, maybe go long. They go, and hey, he goes, what, do you, what do you think about going the distance on these? Yeah, and he goes, for fuck's sake, he yeah. goes, I've just pushed three laps now. I and can't. I just asked you that. Yeah, and the, but he was mad because he had then pushed. Right, he just asked them. Then they said nothing, or they just said, yeah, go for it, push. And then they said, yeah, why don't we stretch these things out? Yeah, they're a shit show. It's a disaster. No, no one knows what's. I don't know who's what's running going that ship. On. That yeah. is such a rudderless ship. What's Bonotto doing? Is he too much in like the development? Bonotto's side? watching his fucking back every day. Is what he's doing. Yeah, um, he's sharpening the knives back in Marinello. So Ryan, we saw two penalties for <laughs> sharpening the knives. We saw two penalties for ignoring blue flags. Apparently, Perez is kind of a bonehead, isn't he? Yeah, but apparently, Ryan, this was. When you see something like this happen, it's because it's a directive. Apparently, they discussed this specifically in the driver meetings. We're going to crack down on ignoring blue flags. Yeah, so the th- drivers three. know it's going to happen. It's three, apparently. Because right? they used to give them, what, like six? Yeah, if you if you ignore three consecutive blue flags, okay, you're going to get a penalty. So what did Perez do? I believe he, he ignored, ignored four. Yeah, because he wanted to get to the straights against, to minimize how much time he lost. Against the race leader, too. If you're going to ignore the blue flags do not let it be the race leader yeah but he and Kvyat both got dinged for it because it was going to be a point of emphasis by the way that's the state that f1 is in is that hamilton is comfortably lapping all the way past fifth place oh yeah you blink your eyes and everybody's lapped already it's crazy yeah it's absurd latifi almost got lapped twice i think 
So, Ryan, then our boy Roe grow, Grosjean. So, Raikkonen was trying to get around him. He did his classic move of under-breaking, kind of bucking at him, sliding in, trying to push him around. Raikkonen gets on the radio. He's just like, that fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so, Raikkonen's pissed. Then the next Alpha Slomeo is going to challenge him. And Grosjean ends up coming together with Giovinazzi, bumping Giovinazzi. Yep. Grosjean is just, what is he doing? Like, why are you going to wreck that car? He's just, he's lost it, man. He's lost his mind. The racecraft is beyond non-existent. He can be quick sometimes on some tracks. There's no room Relatively for, quick. There's no room for racecraft in the Haas. That's true. Can't game anyone with the Haas. Ryan, and then your last bit of action, really. The rest just continued on as it was. Uh, the 65th lap. You know, there are 66 laps. So right at the end, Botas, because everyone's lapping at the front and has such a gap, Botas pits for going for the purple point. He ends up getting it right at the bell, right? Yep. Stealing the ham sandwich, ham sandwich from us. Lewis Hamilton was again about to get the grand slam of pole position, race win, purple point. But Botas nipped that from him in the end. And, uh, yeah, in the interviews, Hamilton, as we said, Ryan, he was saying how he was so in the zone. He said, I didn't even know it was the last lap. Yeah. The guy could have gone probably 500 laps on those <laughs> medium tires, you know? Yeah, just it's just ridiculous, their performance, man. He yeah. could just comfortably manage the gap, manage the engine. I mean, Toto literally said after the race, he's like, yeah, Lewis did a great job. You know, he probably put a ton of mileage or saved a ton of mileage on that engine for the way he managed it. I was mm-hmm. like, we don't. The fans don't want to hear that. Yeah, we want to hear that guys aren't even pushing their engines or their cars. Yeah, everyone should be about saving mileage. So I was, even with the team being clueless, Ryan, Vettel did do a decent job. And it's it's really he, he funny because all we're doing is comparing it to his disastrous previous races right, this year. But right? he's doing it despite the team on all he fronts. He and Leclerc both are, yeah. Yeah. Despite the car and the team. Yeah. So Vettel gets driver of the day. Um I have to say, Ryan, when they go to that, when the top three go and they have their little boxes where their hat is, they put their helmet, they get, doesn't fresh cold water always look amazing in a glass bottle? Oh, yeah. Like plastic water bottles never look that appetizing. You always assume you're going to get a little bit of the leach of the chemicals and that plasticky taste. And they're, they're so thin now that they just squish. Yeah. Water, nice crisp, crystal water out of a a glass glass bottle bottle. makes it makes it elite. It turns it into elite water. Yeah, I mean, you go to restaurants like, do you want tap or you know sparkling or bottled? If you say tap, but it comes in the glass bottle, they could scoop it out of the toilet bowl for all I care. (laughs) It's still going to taste amazing, even if it's tap, you know, in a glass bottle. You're onto something. So I'm sure they're not giving these guys toilet water, right? No, no way. So. The only other interesting thing, really, Ryan, after the race, there was some interesting stuff. Toto sauntering down confidently over to Christian it, Horner. First of all, hang on. Before, Bring on the heat. Yeah, before you get into this, this just show, This gives you some insight into how competitive Toto is and how betrayed he feels by Red Bull stealing the victory from the previous race. Oh, he had to go. He had to go and and, and squash on Horner he, a little bit. Right? He had to go rub he Horner's go face in the in the fe- feces. Yeah, he had to go flex on him. Yeah, but I love Horner's response. Yeah, he, what did he say? Like, huh, why was Valtteri so slow? He says, "Why, why is Valtteri so slow?" <laughs> <laughs> Horner is such a shit stirrer, dude. I love it. 
Horner is he just seems like a cool guy. I'm, I'm dig, I dig Horner and Toto. I mean Toto is just a machine, which yeah. I can appreciate. Horner manages to be very funny, very clever, and very I think good at managing the media and his team. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Just impressive people up and down in Formula One. You know, in the cars and around the teams. Yeah. Not at Ferrari at the moment. <laughs> Obviously, none of that going on. Yeah, it's the funny. The drivers are impressing, but the rest of everything Ferrari has not. Yeah. Toto, just to elaborate on Toto a bit here. So he goes up to Horner and he says, bring on the heat, right, to kind of rub in Horner's face. But he was calling Max a title threat before this race. Yeah, and he said he was the favorite in this race. <laughs> Toto is so full of hot air and bullshit. Ryan, we've all grown tired of, and we see right through Toto's you know, bolt and board material bullshit that he spews now. Just keep it in house. We don't need to hear it. You can say that shit in your private meetings at Mercedes. Yeah. So, Ryan, I think Roscoe, not only did he take a shit in front of Valtteri Bottas' motorhome, I think he took a chunk out of Hamilton's mask that he was wearing after the race. Did you see on, like, the side, there was, like, a decent little patch that was missing? I did not see that. Yeah, so there was a bit missing on the top of his mask right off the side of his nose. You think Roscoe got a hold of it? I think Roscoe did because when Hamilton went up to the podium, he had a, a fresh, different black mask on that didn't have the chunk taken out of it. That would be really funny. So I think they were probably like, yeah, it's a bad look that your dog uh, mangled your mask that you were wearing <laughs> right off the race. So here, grab a fresh one. That's funny. So that that was some more Roscoe news, I think, <laughs> taking a chunk out of his mask. Um, the other thing, Ryan, the trophies, I think these were similar to or the same ones we've seen earlier this year. Where yeah. They're those sort of upside down end table, I was saying initially, but now I realize what they are. They're wine decanters. Because I think they're <laughs> hollow. You could definitely decant some nice wine in those things. You could. So you that's could. how I would use those ones. But again, not super impressed with them. Uh, ha- we're waiting for a trophy to really wow us. Thus far, we've had the 70th anniversary one. Mm, Ho-hum. I don't you know? think you're going to get wowed. You know? for, all, for all we know, all the design plans might, may have been put on hold because they didn't think there was going to be a season. Yeah. So they're just trotting out these shitty sponsor ones or... Well, this is the year, man, to really give us something crazy. I mean, you're going to get publicity for it, man. Shake up the trophies. We're looking for it. We'll talk for 20 minutes about it if you give us something good. And it'll be a lock for the the sector, the Purple Sector Award at the end of the year. Yeah, we'll see. So far, my favorite's been the probably the English ones, the British ones. Oh, you like the classic... uh, I do, man. I, legit like what you picture if you look trophy it, it up in the like, dictionary what it, you'd it looks expect like to see the fucking wimbledon trophy or something exactly yeah classic classic well another classic or, or, spanish grand prix or the claret jug what is the claret jug from yeah is the claret a, jug is, is it the, golf is it the british open i think so yeah yeah that one's actually like you can pour out of it i think it has a spout that's what's up yeah <laughs> so we got the wine decanters this race so yeah ryan i mean I think these races, these tracks have to adapt to form the evolution of Formula One. They're trying now, at least with the gravel traps and I mean, extending bumpers and curbs. Th- I'm not kidding. This felt like summer testing in Barcelona. Yeah. We, we picked up right where, right where we left off in winter testing. Yeah. Mercedes pacing everyone. Ferrari looks terrible. No one knows where their pace went. Bring on the heat, baby. 
But again, congrats to Lewis Hamilton. He has now grabbed a handful more records. He will, as we said, he'll finish his career with every single record, hopefully never to be broken because that would mean we had another utter dominant long-ass stretch by a single driver and team in Formula 1. Quick shout-out to Kimmy for getting the mileage record over the weekend. Yeah, Kimmy got one. Longest distance driven in a Formula 1 career. That might be the only one that Hamilton doesn't take from him. Yeah, congrats to Kimmy on that mileage. I'm flipping that odometer. Congrats to Hamilton on all the other records. Yeah. So, Rye Guy, we have uh, two weeks, as you mentioned, before the next race spa, which I'm excited for. I love spa. Oh, spa is the best, dude. It will be a nice palate cleanser from Barcelona. Yes. Thanks, guys, for joining Purple Sector for our Spanish Grand Recap. We'll be back hopefully again this week. We're going to shoot to get another one for you guys this week, if not next week. We'll be back in studio, so keep your eyes peeled. Subscribe to the show so you get all those new episodes fresh off the grill. And at Purple Sector Pod on social media, go follow us and hit us up there. And keep spreading the word, guys. Bring on the heat. Big shout-out to all our new Spotify followers, by the way. We've been seeing a steady bump every week. Love it. Yeah, we're everywhere. So wherever you listen, you can find us. And, yeah, keep spreading the word. Keep hitting us up. We love it when you guys reach out to us and you have been like gangbusters recently. So bring on the heat, baby. We'll be back before you know it. Thanks for listening. See y'all on the track.